As human beings, we have an almost insatiable appetite for more. We know this experientially. I've seen this, my, I, all my friends and family members now have kids who are toddlers and a little bit older, and you sit down a child and you put in front of her, her a plate full of mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, her favorite, and you sit down next to her with something else, and what does she want? She wants something more. She wants something that's not in front of her. She wants what's on your plate and won't be satisfied until she gets it. We see this also in the world, that when you get a job or you get a promotion, you get a little bit more money, at first you're happy and you're excited about it, but then almost as quickly as that wears off, you're looking for and searching after something more. A nicer job, a promotion, a better car, a better house. You're, you're seeing what other people have and you desire what they have. We strive, we seek, we search for something more. As followers of Jesus, ultimately the something more, that will, the only ultimate thing that will bring us that is the something more, is relationship and new life in Christ. But we know from our own lives, and we've seen it in our relationships with others, that even that, that something more, sometimes we will settle for something more in this world, something more that is tangible, something more that is monetary, physical, something that brings us power, honor, pleasure, and wealth. We would rather have that something more and settle for something less for the things of the eternal good. We would rather have a really good job and career and a mediocre prayer life. We would rather have something more, a nicer car, than to serve the poor. Now, I'm not saying everyone does this, and I'm not accusing anyone here of doing this, but this is what happens in a world marked by sin. We can prioritize the wrong something more. This happens all the time. A few years ago, for instance, I took a group of our students at St. Paul's. We go every year to the annual conference that the Fellowship of Catholic University Students Focus puts on. And one student in particular had told me from the first time I had met her that she wanted to be a Focus missionary. She wanted to bring Christ and new life in Christ onto a college campus and to work with her peers and to help them experience the joy that she knows and knew in relationship with Christ. Praise be to God for that. At her first Focus conference, the very first night, the very first event, I just happened in a room of 10,000 people to run into her walking into this room, walking into this convention center. Again, 10,000 excited Catholic University students on fire for their faith. And I was standing there with her and I said, you know, in a couple of years... This could be, this, this is going to be your future. Look at what the Lord has in store for you. And she said, she kind of looked at me kind of coyly and she said, Well, Father, I discussed this with my boyfriend. Now, mind you, she'd been dating this guy for about three weeks. <laughs> and she's like, We've decided X, Y, and Z. Basically, I'm going to give up that desire, that deepest desire of my heart to bring Christ onto a college campus because a boy I've been dating for three weeks thinks something else. Right? Now, thanks be to God, she came to her senses and is doing God's will and God's work on a college campus as a focused missionary. But you can see how easy it is for us to turn from those something more that God has to offer us for the tangible things that are in front of us. When we know that the only thing, the only something more that will bring us happiness 
is new life in Christ, is the joy that he offers us. And today, Gaudete Sunday, Rejoice Sunday, we are reminded that the one thing, again, that brings us ultimate happiness, the something more for which you and I are created, is that new life in Christ that is offered to us right here and now. It is the something more also that allows us to, even in the midst of our depths and difficulties and struggles, to see the good news, to believe, and to follow after it. In the first reading, we hear from the prophet Isaiah, I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. He is here to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. He is speaking to the Israelites who have been in exile, who have been suffering and struggling, and yet the Lord has something more in store for those who remain faithful. This should strike us very much in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this struggle, that the Lord has not just a little bit more, but something in embarrassingly great in front of us on a a year of favor from the Lord, a day of vindication from our God. Our faith enables us and empowers us to not only think that that is possible, but to rejoice always in the reality of what the Lord offers to us. That's something more. In the Gospel, St. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming, and he is a man filled with grace. And he knows, and he says it elsewhere in the Gospel, that when Christ comes, he must increase, I must decrease. As the star, if you will, of Jesus rises, the star of John fades. For all of us who cling to worldly things, who cling to what people think of us and our esteem and all of that, this could be difficult, this could be hard news, and yet what does John do? He points to the something more. Ultimately, John the Baptist is showing us what our life and what happiness consists of, is turning our entire life and pointing others to Jesus. And no matter what the Lord has in store for us, no matter what the challenges, when our life is that way, we can rejoice in the something more. When I was 13 years old, St. John Paul II came to St. Louis, Missouri, where I grew up. And my family went to Mass with St. John Paul II. And I just remember being so, so struck by him. Because he lived another six years, but even at that point in his life, his words were slurred because of his Parkinson's. He was crippled and hobbled over. You could tell that it was exhausting and excruciating for him to do all of this. And yet you could tell there was a something more. He was pointing us toward the Lord. Even in his brokenness, even in his disability, there was something more. And as a knuckleheaded 13-year-old, it enraptured me that here was someone who in the eyes of the world was so broken and yet was so beautiful and pure and pointing us to something that was beyond the reach of all of us. In the second reading, St. Paul gives us a great recipe, if you will, to both strive after that something more of God, but also to rejoice in it. Rejoice always, he says. And how do we rejoice always? Very clearly. Pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, 
give thanks. We are not made for this world. We are made for another. We will never be satisfied with anything that this world has to offer because we are made for eternity and infinity with God. We can experience that here and now and we can rejoice in it regardless of the circumstances. We can rejoice always when our life is one of constant prayer and thanksgiving to God. The something more is here and now. The something more is offered to us every time we go to confession, every time we go to Mass and receive Jesus in the Eucharist. It is the something more for which we are all made, for which we can rejoice always.